0: This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animal's Voice Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and excited to be joined by Dr. Bruce Robertson this week. How are you? I'm fine, Kevin. Thank you. Glad to be here. First time on uh, Animal's Voice. This is the first time for Animal's Voice, but I suspect it won't be the last. <laughs> well, some foreshadowing there. <laughs> Dr. Bruce, is, uh, you work with us in a number of ways. I guess uh, you're, you're a veterinarian. Yes, I'm a vet. I'm actually in private practice. I work with the OSPCA,
1: but I don't actually work directly for the OSPCA. I've been in... Uh, General practice, this is my 23rd year, but for about the last 10, I've done consultation work with the OSPCA, starting gradually, but then about five years ago, more or less a full-time on-demand basis. Okay. So focusing on veterinary forensics, so cruelty investigations, and then sheltering of uh, animals that we're holding prior to
0: court cases or other proceedings. Okay, so we call you in when we need that expertise and, and we want a, an independent mind to to weigh in on what we're dealing with, exactly. right? Exactly, I do, I do
1: retain that independence
0: from the OSPCA. Right. So I work with you, but not for you. Very good. So it's um, Got a Pet Get a Vet Month, and we want to be talking about the importance of having a relationship with a vet. So you're here to talk to us specifically about the importance of horses having regular veterinary care. You know, people think of the Ontario SPCA and I think a lot of times they think of, you know, our furry friends, dogs, cats, uh, guinea pigs, the things that you s- normally see in a lot of our shelters, but horses, you know, the equine world is very much uh, a part of what we deal with and what we do here. So uh, we want to talk to you about that. So so let's kick things right off. Why is it so important to have a relationship with a vet rather than just relying on one in an emergency situation for your horse?
1: Well, I think, especially now, you're getting a lot of people getting into horse ownership who don't necessarily have farm background or equine experience. So your veterinarian can be a good resource for some general basic care and some practical techniques to avoid the emergency situation in the first place. Only having a vet in an emergency situation, well, first of all, will you even be able to access one. Some veterinarians are in a position where they only provide emergency services to their regular clients. Depends on the part of the province you're in and the number of vets available. But when you're seeing an emergency situation, you tend to get tunnel vision. You're focusing on that one specific problem, uh, and you're often busy with other emergencies. You don't necessarily have the time to take a step back and look at the whole situation and talk about preventative medicine and other situations that might be affecting the horse or
0: the other horses on the property. Okay. So there's definitely a significance in a routine checkup as being a part of owning a horse. The other thing to
1: consider, in a lot of cases, horses live a long time. so right, You right. Wanted, have a
0: pretty long lifespan, you know, right? Well,
1: I treated a horse that the woman had owned for almost 40 years. She'd folded out on her farm, and it lasted almost 40 years. So it's wow. a relationship. Yeah. So I would say the, the best philosophy would be to seek out a vet that has a style that you like, that complements your own, and, and get a relationship because you're going to be seeing them on a somewhat regular basis for 10, 15, 20 plus years.
0: I guess it makes sense, right? I mean, people are encouraged to get regular checkups. You don't just show up at the hospital when you're having an issue, right? So the same would be said for our animals, there's, there's an ongoing health that you want to be maintaining within, within our pets. It's like your car. You could ignore all the preventative maintenance and wait <laughs> till the transmission goes, but it's going to be very expensive. It is. I'm laughing because people may know about my Jeep then, and, and maybe I should have more preventative maintenance <laughs> done on them. Anyway, let's continue
1: But with animals, mm-hmm. especially, regular visits allows for earlier detection or prevention of problems from ever becoming an issue. And certainly from an animal welfare point of view, if we can prevent disease or injury or illness, it's in the animal's best interest. Certainly financially for the owner, it's much less expensive to deal with a small problem than you know a massive problem sure. at 2 a.m. on a holiday weekend. Yeah, Anything we can do to prevent these problems from coming up is certainly time and money
0: well spent. It's common sense, I guess. It's like like you're pointing out, don't wait for it to be the big issue. Find it and d- deal with it when it's a smaller issue or something that can be prevented. So, okay, I'm sold on the idea. I need to take my horse to a vet regularly. I show up to begin this relationship with a vet. What, uh, walk me through that. What, what types of things is the vet going to be looking for? Walk me through that exam. Well, you said something interesting, Kevin, you know, take my horse to the vet. so sometimes (laughs) no
1: absolutely some situations you are trailering your horse to the vet yes so you need to decide do you want to have kind of a high power equine facility where you are trailering to them Mm -hmm. or do you want to have a local farm vet who is coming to see you and both are viable options you just have to be aware that if you've chosen a an equine specialist, you're trailering to them for the most part, rather than the other
0: way around. I'm showing my own ignorance <laughs> as a non-horse owner that I actually use that verbiage. Cause in the back of my head, well, no, you, I'm you picturing like, okay, I'm taking my cat or my dog and off I go to the vet. And I guess it's really a lot more complicated when you have a, an animal that's that size, but right? that was a lot
1: of the fun part about being a mobile vet was that travel between farms. okay, Just traveling across Ontario and seeing Beautiful. different places. Oh, it yeah. was, yeah, a lot of fun. So anyways. So you show up You, at, you, a, you at a Hopefully at a you farm. show up at a, you know, you phone around. You find out who the local vets are. Mm-hmm. Speak to some of your friends who have horse owners. Find somebody who you think has a reputation and a style that you'd like to work with. Phone them up. You may even want to just have a face-to-face at the clinic before you even have a farm call, just to see if it's somebody you think you can work with and you like their style and philosophy. Okay. And they should be able to describe to you what it is they can do for you and your horse. I would say, typically, they would set you up on some sort of a preventative medicine schedule. Certainly for the first time, they'd want to find out how many horses you had, the ages of all the horses, the intended use, whether these are just hay burners, whether they are performance horses, whether you're going to be breeding, uh, if you're competing, at what level. Because all of these things will change the plan for these horses. okay, It's going to be a custom plan designed for the use and uh, age and stage for each one of these animals. So develop that inventory and then start with a good physical exam. They're going to check them out nose to tail. The most important things to consider with horses would be nutrition, good physical exam looking for problems, especially feet and legs. Lameness is a big issue mm. with horses. Mm-hmm. Certainly want to discuss hoof care and if you're not getting... Regular trimming with a farrier, that would be something that would be discussed and maybe some help setting that up. Okay. Um, You know, most horses are going to be trimmed every six to eight weeks to keep those feet in good condition, and a lot of vets will work in in consultation with a farrier to make sure those feet stay in good condition. Okay. Uh, Discussion of deworming strategies, vaccination strategies, and dental disease. Horses' teeth grow throughout their life, so they don't just get the teeth and they stop, They develop over a 20-plus year period. Wow. And if they aren't wearing evenly, you can get some very sharp points and malformations that make it very difficult for a horse to eat, and in some cases, really painful. Yeah. So that's something that should be checked every time you have the opportunity to evaluate a horse, see what's going on inside that mouth, and see what uh, you can do to get them eating better and getting more value out of the food they are eating.
0: You've already pointed out a, several things I, I hadn't ever even considered about uh, owning a horse. Um, so th- it brings me to frequency. I mean, so you're talking about, you know, vaccinations, deworming. So how often should I be seeing a vet for a checkup through the year if I own a horse? And is, is there a certain time of year that's more advantageous or that you should be going based on the season Are you're heading into the spring and like... Is there a frequency? It depends on the horse and the horse owner. Kind of the basic level would be
1: once a year. If you have, you know, say an adult horse in good general health without any specific problems, I would say an annual evaluation that would include checking the teeth, giving a once-over, looking for any problems, discussing required vaccines, which could be done at that same time, and deworming. You know, it could be as simple as one visit a year. Okay. Okay. For younger horses or older horses, horses with special needs, you might be looking at a couple of visits a year. If you're thinking of younger horses, they're getting a lot more teeth in, they're losing teeth, they've got caps that may or may not come out on their own, might need to be removed. And developmentally, there's a lot of other things that you want to keep an eye on. So I would say maybe twice a year until they're about five years old, then between say 5 and 20 perhaps that once a year mm-hmm. a 20 year old horse again mostly due to teeth issues maybe increase to twice a year now a horse with special needs you might be evaluating much more often if you've got a mare that you're using for breeding you know it's going to really depend there will probably be multiple visits through that year to see her through a successful and healthful pregnancy.
0: Okay. We're going to take a quick break here on Animal's Voice podcast. We're visiting with Dr. Bruce Robertson, a veterinarian who does uh, work, private practice, but also does a lot of consultation for the Ontario SPCA on a number of uh, situations we deal with. We're learning a lot about horse care and uh, celebrating got a pet, get a vet month. Thank you for, uh, for listening to Animal's Voice. Thank you for sharing our broadcast. Thank you for subscribing at iTunes and SoundCloud. We hope you continue to weigh in, provide us with ideas for show topics. You can reach me on Twitter at OSPCAkevin or email me at kmackenzie at ospca.on.ca. We will be right back with Dr. Bruce Robertson here on Animal's Voice.
1: SPCAs and humane societies across Canada encourage pet owners that if you've got a pet, get a vet. It's important to establish a relationship with a veterinarian when you get a pet. Just one vet checkup a year will help protect against a variety of potentially life-threatening diseases. Checkups can also detect health problems sooner and avoid unexpected costs. Don't wait until something goes wrong to take your pet in for a checkup. Schedule a visit with your local veterinarian to ensure a longer, healthier life for your
0: pet. Welcome back to Animal's Voice podcast. Uh, I'm visiting with Dr. Bruce Robertson this week, and we're talking about uh, care of horses, celebrating got a pet, get a vet month. So obviously we want to cover the importance of regular veterinary care for horses. During the break, we were having some fun conversation and talking about usefulness of horses. I I was trying to discuss with you where I wanted to go with this next question, talking about the specific issues that uh, a vet might detect during a routine exam. And through that... The dialogue and the word of usefulness or what is the purpose of a horse? You know, we got into some pretty interesting discussion. Can you kind of revisit that talk that we had off the air? People own horses for different
1: reasons. Some horses are truly companion animals. Mm -hmm. They're there strictly for people to enjoy watching them on their back pasture. Other horses are athletes. Other horses actually have jobs, whether they're working cattle or helping you know, as a source of transport, riding fence, whatever, the mm-hmm. traditional Western style of uh, using a horse for work. So I think the vet's recommendations are going to be custom-made based on your use of a horse. So if you look at the equine athlete, a vet is going to help find very, very subtle lamenesses and other issues that because you see the horse every day, you might not even notice. So something that is a small issue now, but could develop into a change of their status that you're not able to use them anymore for their intended use could be noted and then prevented. I had talked earlier about dentistry. And uh, when I was in school, I thought equine dentistry was the most boring, biggest waste of time ever. I have to confess, it became one of the things I enjoyed the most in practice. Really? It's a chance to really make a difference because you're, you're seeing the before, the after, and you can see the change that it makes in the horse. I spoke before the break about how, you know, you can prevent pain, discomfort, and improve the way they're eating. What I didn't really get into is you can change the way they move their head. You can change their athletic performance. I had competition horses that I would actually do their teeth three to four times a year rather than once a year because the client felt that with these competitive horses, they could make more money by having their horse's teeth in perfect condition.
0: So when you say I would do their teeth that many times a year, describe that to me. Like what does doing a horse's teeth mean? Okay, so
1: the, I talked before about the horse's teeth continue to grow. Right. And if they don't match up evenly, you get these sharp points. Well, often these sharp points will be right at the front and when you've got a bit in the mouth, you're gathering all that soft tissue, and you're pushing them right against the sharp points oh. of these teeth. So okay. you're making a gentle suggestion for the horse to bend their head one way to turn, and their teeth are making a rather sharp suggestion, saying, oh. no, don't. Okay. So some of these horses, under when they're under tack in saddle, will be reluctant to turn. Some of them, you will get spikes and ramps where they actually, they're reluctant to move their head up and down because... You know the whole dental arcade, the teeth are supposed to slide. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're locking, they oh, won't slide. They'll okay. actually get almost, well, TMJ, Temporomandibular Joint Syndrome, like people where they get almost kind of a chronic headache. Some horses will get conditions like that. You attend to those teeth by mechanically grinding down those structures. It okay. um, can either be through specialized hand instruments or in some cases uh, electric or uh, pneumatic uh, drills and files, changing the shape and length of those. If you're doing a performance dentistry, you're actually changing the shape of some of the fronts of the teeth to handle the bit structure, so it's a lot more comfortable and you're improving the functionality. And again, a lot of clients would choose to make that investment multiple times a year because they saw the value in it. On a more basic level, a horse with bad teeth is dropping a lot of feed, and uh, with feed prices being what they are, if it's not getting into the horse, it's not doing them any good at all.
0: Okay, okay. Have you done horse exams where you discovered a minor issue like a, I don't know how minor it would be, but like a tendon that is injured or, uh, you know, a soft tissue injury that because you discovered that early on and you were able to prescribe a certain uh, rehabilitation or medication that you know that you helped that horse for, you know, extend its lifespan or, or, or uh, be healthier because you discovered that during a routine exam.
1: Absolutely, Kevin. Um, I can think of several cases where you identify a subtle lameness, and there's some uh, treatment modalities that are not invasive at all. I'm thinking of things like ultrasound, therapeutic ultrasound, uh, shockwave therapy, laser therapy. Because with humans, like any other athlete, humans, horses, like human athletes, <laughs> horses are almost
0: people. It's okay. I understand. Um,
1: if you've got an injury of your left knee, your right knee is bearing a lot more of the right. front on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, in sparing that one, you injure the other. So in a lot of cases, while these horses are still active, if you can solve the small problem in one of the legs, you're preventing a larger injury elsewhere and getting them you know, back into service, whatever their intended function is.
0: You mentioned functions again. It actually takes me back to the previous question and discussion we were having about some horses have jobs. Mm-hmm. and functions versus some that maybe the owner likes to just look out in their back pasture and see a horse and it relaxes them. Is there data or is there uh, any sort of significance to whether a, a horse has a job or not for its lifespan? Do horses with jobs live longer or shorter? <laughs> like, How does that work?
1: I don't have numbers I can quote, but to me it's it's two factors, Kevin. They do seem to live longer. I also find that their mental health is actually uh, better. I wondered about the mental horses, health side of it. Horses seem to do better if they have something to do. They generally, especially if they're well-trained, they like to interact with people. They like to please people. They like to do that which they were trained to do. That's cool. So again, I always used to challenge clients, you know, why do you have this horse? What's its function? And I was perfectly happy to have them say, it's just a backyard horse. I just love having it. Okay, great. That's its job. Let's custom tailor its preventative health routine mm-hmm. to that job. We haven't even hit really on vaccinations. There are kind of some core vaccines that are important. If you're traveling, showing, and breeding, that's going to be a totally different preventative health strategy.
0: So you're talking about vaccinations and preventative health strategies. Yes. So uh, that's a perfect time to ask this question about what, what can you do, okay? You're taking your, your horse to the vet on a regular basis, but between vet visits, what can I be doing to make sure my horse is in good Health.
1: Well, I think doing that initial consult with your vet and being very honest about how you plan to use the horse, mm-hmm. and then following those recommendations to provide that ultimate in protection. Then, if you, especially if you're traveling with horses, just being very aware about contact with other horses. You know, if you're at a show, you know, sharing feeding buckets, uh, grooming equipment, etc. You know, does give the chance for contagious disease to transmit back and forth. Uh, certainly, if you're traveling across any borders, making certain you've got any health certificates or uh, other requirements in order. Just keeping your eye out for other problems and seeing what other horses are there. And if if you're noticing other problems, if you're at a weekend event and the next stall's full of coughing horses, I'd perhaps move. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> or just 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 be aware that mm. you know. Yes, there are a lot of fun to going to these events, but. It is a chance for your horse to bring home something to the rest of the barn, and perhaps a bit of isolation time uh, on return to the farm. Again, these are all things your regular veterinarian, knowing your situation and your horses, mm-hmm. can, set, can set you up with that kind of program.
0: Are there resources out there for our listeners to be able to go and find on their own to help them be on top of their horse's health?
1: Yeah, I would say the, the best resource would be uh, a website for the AAEP. Okay. American Association of Equine Practitioners, right, and they do a lot of client education. It's actually an American organization, but it tends to be more North American. Certainly, sure. there are a lot of Canadian veterinarians that are members, mm-hmm. and you know they are there to promote the equine veterinary profession, but as well provide uh, what I've always found to be excellent information for clients with regards to horse care.
0: Before the uh, interview started, you showed me a printout you brought from the AAEP, and it's very informative, full of information. Uh, You know, just it's a checklist, right? Things you can make sure that you're staying on top of with your horse. So uh, definitely it looks like a great resource and and website to visit. Thank you, Dr. Bruce, for joining us here on Animal's Voice for the first time, and and like you alluded to, (laughs) hopefully not the last. Appreciate it, Kevin. And uh, for our listeners, thank you for listening. As always, for subscribing at iTunes and SoundCloud. If you have show ideas, like I said earlier, please contact me on um, Twitter at ospca Kevin, uh, or by email at k.mackenzie at ospca.on.ca. Thanks again, Doctor Bruce. And until next time, we will catch you later. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, OntarioSPCA.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.